I'm, I'm going to go to church. And hopefully God will give me a message to give. <laughs> she said, hopefully. I said, yeah, hopefully. I said, I don't know. But if you got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to John. First John, actually. First John chapter 1 and verse 1. First John was written by John, one of the original 12 disciples. He was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And along with him, Peter and James had a special relationship with Jesus. So he, when he wrote this letter, he was addressing the church. He was addressing the family. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen in our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show it, and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard and declared unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things written we unto you, that your joy may be full. I love that part. <laughs> I love that part. That your joy may be full. Say that. that your joy may be full. When you say that, it just brings a smile to you. But you cannot say that with a frown. You cannot say that in discouragement. When you say that your joy may be full, you, you, you get that smile. Why? Because you're thinking, wow, Jesus. I'm having fellowship with Jesus. And that's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It just begins to radiate, begins to fill you up. Let me put it this way. I was trying to come up with an analogy of how it works. Picture yourself as a pot of water and a jar. And somebody takes you and they stick you on top of a stove. And they turn on the fire. And on top of you is a percolator. With coffee thing in it, you know. You ever seen one of those? Now some of you may not remember a percolator coffee pot because you're not old enough. <laughs> but back in the day, we had these coffee pots that were percolated. Now, my mom, she had one years and years and years ago, and it was glass at the bottom. And then the coffee thing sat on top, and then there was a lid, and it had this little glass ball on top. And as the coffee water began to boil and get hotter and hotter, it steam I guess or water pushed up into where the coffee was and then at the top 
you got to see the water shooting up. And as the coffee began to make, the water was no longer white. You started seeing a brown bubble up there as the coffee was percolating and it began to make your coffee. It's kind of like that joy that rises up. You begins to, as you begin to worship the Lord, as you begin to pray to the Lord, it, it's like that percolator. You're starting to get warmed up. And the more you begin to worship him, the more you begin to read, the more you begin to think about it, all of a sudden you just start percolating and you start getting all that joy and that happiness and and that and, and you, you just like that percolator, you know, it starts off slow. But the more the grounds get saturated, the faster it starts percolating. You know, so you see the you know the little water bottle just popping up there. And next thing you know, the water is saturated with the coffee. Then you take it off of the stove, you take the little silver pot off and set it over there to the side, and you bring the little glass jar with the lid on it over to the table, and you pour yourself a nice, fresh, hot cup of coffee. <laughs> and after you pick your cup up, the steam's just kind of coming off of it, like most of us, we try to blow off the steam, thinking that it's going to make the coffee, you know, cooler. And then you go real slow as you bring the cup to your lips to take a sip because you, you can't douse it. It'll burn all the way down. So you want it to go down warmly. So you go, little sips. <laughs> Now, some people will take a little ice cube and they'll stick it in there, get a little of the heat down, and then they'll go <laughs> straight back. I do that with the little Cuban coffees, the little things that are like this. They're real strong. And then I'll go to, I'll go to a, a deli over there in Lake Worth, and I'll get a large of the cup, a styrofoam cup about this big. I don't share it with nobody. I just drink that myself. And it, and it helps me for a few hours. Quite a few hours. Quite Almost all day. Yes. And the next. And it's strong. <coughs> they said, you want sugar or milk in it? I said, oh, no, no, don't ruin it. Just give it straight like it is. It's good stuff. But when you're cautious with your coffee cup. Now, let's have we're going to get back to this. But when you're cautious with that coffee cup, because you don't want to burn yourself, but your anticipation, you've watched it percolate, you've watched it get hot, you've, you've got it all ready, and it even smells good. The anticipation is to taste it, to see that it's good. And when you take the Word of God, you begin to read it, you begin to, to, to digest it, you begin to focus on it, you, you begin to see and you begin to taste and you begin to see that it's good. And what's that make you want? You want more of it. Just like your coffee. If it's good, you want more of it. I've had some coffee where I couldn't even drink it. I'd, I'd have to throw it out. It was so bitter. And I could tell I made it wrong. I did something wrong. Maybe it was too much coffee in it. I don't know. 
and I'd have to throw it out and start over. But now they got those little K cups, you stick them in there, done, and you're done. Can't mess that up. There's no percolation. It's not even fun to drink because you can't watch it. You can't see the anticipation of it getting ready, building yourself up to, oh, I can't wait to have a cup. You see, that's what I like about brewing a pot of coffee. I get to watch it as it drips down and it fills up, and then you get to drink it, the anticipation of knowing that it's coming. Just like when you get up in the morning and you begin to read the Word of God, you begin to say, oh, this is Sunday, I get to go be with the family of God. Yes. I'm going to go to church because I'm going to go expecting to receive something from the Holy Spirit. You you came in, you're getting ready, and you, and you know that, that something's brewing, and you can't wait to go and get a taste of it and to see what he's going to do, to see what he's going to say. You see, you came with ears intentionally to listen. Your hearts are open, ready for him to pour into you so that you can receive. This, then, is the message which we have heard from him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not know the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I pray, Lord God, this morning that you, Jesus, would pour yourselves into us. Lord, that we would understand what it is to have the fellowship, the joy and forgiveness. That we could all experience that this day. Father, those that are watching, Father, may they experience the relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here that John begins to bring forth a letter that talks about fellowship with God and his family. And he begins to talk to us about the, the fullness of joy and the forgiveness of sin. You know, some people, they don't think they have any sin. They don't do anything wrong. But fellowship with God and his family has to have a beginning. And the beginning was the word. And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it still is. It hasn't changed. The Word of God has not changed. God has not changed over the centuries. Unlike us and our culture, we change every single day. 
but that which was from the beginning. John begins to explain to us that Jesus had a beginning. God always was. Now, John was an eyewitness here because he says, we have heard, we have seen, we have looked upon, our hands have handled. They have had a relationship. They were walking on the earth with Jesus. He was having daily conversation with him. He was daily listening to him. He was soaking in all that Jesus began to share with them and talk with them about. But guess what, church? We can still have that same relationship. We can still have that same factor in our own life because we can, we have heard. You've heard because you've read the word. You have seen. Because when you look around you, how can you deny that Jesus didn't make any of this beautiful stuff that we have? When you look at the heavens and the clouds and you see the majesty of his beauty, of all that he has created. And look at the, the, the magnificent thing is when you begin to look. He created all this from nothing. Yeah. There wasn't a big bang. Oh boy, here we get the I'm gonna get the emails. <laughs> Maybe it was a big bang. When Jesus said, I was, and it was probably so loud it sounded like a bang. Maybe that's what it was. They got confused. Now I'm having scientists emailing me talking about how many billions of years the earth is old. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to argue the point. But the eyewitness now gives his testimony. Fellowship with God and his family. Fellowship with God is the purpose of our life. Our purpose is to have fellowship with him. To enjoy being in his presence. You know, I enjoy being in the presence of my enemy too. Because I get to share with him what Jesus has done for me. And how Jesus has watches over me and how he has blessed me and how he has his hand upon my life. I had a young man ask me this week. He said, it must be difficult. I said, what's difficult? Well, you know, your, your wife is so sick and she's got all these problems and, and you say that Jesus heals, but she's not yet healed. And it must be difficult for you to try to comprehend what you stand upon. I said, she is healed. But you said she's got to go see doctors and stuff. I said, so? I know a lot of well people go to doctors for checkups. They're not sick. But, but isn't it difficult to try to understand that the God that you serve you is, is letting your wife be sick? Isn't that a problem? I said, well, it could be. It could make me very sad. And he said, it does? I said, but it doesn't. And he said, why? I said, because the scripture says to die is gain. You mean you want your wife to die? No. I'm just saying to die is gain. I said, you ask me, how come I'm not upset? Well, I tell you why I'm not upset. Because the Bible says to count all things joy. Our suffering should be joy. 
you know, it, it, I know it doesn't make sense to the common man. It doesn't make sense to the world. But when I read the scripture, it gives me promise and it gives me hope. And it gives me that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Even when things seem to be doom and gloom. You see, we have to look over the doom and gloom. See, we have to, when you, when you, you know what happens when you look at doom and gloom? You start doing this. You're looking down. But see, when you're looking up, everything is great. Why? Because the Bible says, look up for your Redeemer draweth not. So I can only look up and just see that all that Jesus is doing and all that he's continuing to do, it might be a trial. It might be a, a difficult road to task. But you know what? His promises are still there. His promises to me have not left. All of his promises in the word of God have not left me. Fellowship with believers deepens our walk with God. We have fellowship one with another. And the purpose of that is, is to encourage one another in the word. To encourage one another in our walk. There's a song that says, I am so glad to be a part of the family of God. You know, we sing that usually when we have members come into the body of Christ or other churches have members come in. They sing that, that song. I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. And they begin to sing this song. And I was thinking, you know, that should be a song that we should sing every Sunday. Because we should be, we should be glad to be a part of the family of God. Because if we didn't have the family of God, we'd all be like this. I don't know what I'm going to do. The despair. What do I do with what comes next? But he goes on, John goes on into verse 4 and he begins to talk about the fullness of joy. The human desire for happiness. How many desire in this body today to be sad? No, right? It's crazy. It's like, Pastor, just ask that question? Said, What's he talking about? He's left his marbles again. No. All of us have a desire to be happy. Happiness depends on the happenings of life. Joy is far better than sadness. Joy is a spring within us it bubbles up and it brings that joy and it brings that happiness now i'm not saying we're all always happy i can tell you a time that you're probably not happy and probably all of you in this room can say yep i wouldn't be happy you get pulled over by a law enforcement officer because you were speeding or driving reckless and they pull you over and they give you this big citation with a big number at the bottom. And you look at that and you go, oh. How many would get pulled over by a police officer and give you a ticket and you say to them, God bless you, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> How many would do that? <laughs> you, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say, thank you officer, God bless you for doing your job. 
Most of us, when we get pulled over and he comes up to the window, we say, do I do something wrong? <laughs> no, I just thought I'd pull you over because you were driving down the road and I like the looks of your car. Of course you did something wrong. And you know what the sad part is? You know you did something wrong. And you're going to ask him, did I do something? How many this morning would get up and ask God, did I do something wrong this morning? That's why I stubbed my toe. That's why my coffee was bitter. That's why my favorite donut wasn't in the box this morning. Did I do something wrong? See, some people would look at that like that. But no, you didn't, you didn't get up asking the Lord, did you do something wrong? You got up this morning, I hope. I pray that when you got up this morning, you said, Jesus, thank you for this beautiful day. When I got up this morning and I was sitting on the, on the, on the chair, putting on my shoes, and I looked over at Virginia and she was all bundled up to here with the blanket and stuff, I said, you sure look beautiful. And I got this look. <laughs> Like, really? I said, really? And then she said, you're so sweet. <laughs> Almost like, why are you lying to me? <laughs> I count it all joy. Believers are to have the joy of the Lord. This is God's will for us. These things I have spoken unto you, that you might have joy that might remain in you, that your joy may be full. He tells us that in John 15, 11, that our joy should be full. And so you can ask yourself this morning, and I'm going to ask you, do you have the joy of the Lord? Yes. Oh, boy. There we go. Got to start all over again. Gabby, I need your help this morning. Do you have the joy of the Lord? Yes. yes. Praise God, I have the joy of the Lord. I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm happy today. Oh, you guys don't look so happy. See, but when you say joy of the Lord, that smiles come. Yep. Just have that. You know why? Because Jesus loves you. That's why I have the joy of the Lord. There's hindrances to the fullness of joy. Lack of dedication. John 15 says, says if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. But see, we lack dedication. We lack asking. And tell people you have not because you ask not. They lack the lack of fruitfulness. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye bear, so shall ye be my disciples. See, sometimes we lack that fruitfulness to get out there and, and to produce, to share the word of God. The lack of love for others. That can be a hindrance to your fullness of joy. Lack of love for others. Well, I love everybody, but I just can't talk to some people. 
<laughs> you ever have that? I, I love everybody, but man, there's some people I just can't talk to. Because they just, they'll say the wrong thing and I just know it's going to make me have a bad day. It's just going to set me off. I love those kind of challenges. I love when God puts me in a place where I have to totally rely 100% on him with dealing with someone else. Because if I'm, if I'm not in that position, then I'm not trusting. But John begins to talk to us about the forgiveness of sin, contrasting light and dark. Jesus is light. And he says, in him there is no darkness. So when we begin to see and we begin to reflect on God's love, we begin to see that he is totally 100% light. He is love. Our goal should be to walk in the light. Some of us stumble and we get in amongst the fog. And fall short of our goals. But the great thing is, is when we fail, we know that we have forgiveness that's been made available. If we confess our sins, what it says, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. <coughs> See, confession and cleansing should be our, our daily experience. See, this is kind of what I tried to emphasize to my daughter when she was a small yeah. child. To repent daily. To ask for forgiveness every day. But dad, what did you do wrong today? I heard you asking Jesus to forgive you. I said, I don't know. Well, if you don't know what you did, how can you ask for him to forgive you? I said, because I don't remember everything. I remember that cute little voice. One time when we were having this discussion, one of many discussions that we had about forgiveness, and I said, you know, I don't always remember what I do throughout the day. And she would say, oh, you mean like grandma and grandpa? <laughs> or she'd mentioned some other family member that always seems to forget. <laughs> you see, church, it's an experience. When we talk to Jesus every day, it's a fresh experience. It's that it's a, it's a, what we should be doing every day. How many remember everything you did from the time you opened your eyes in this morning until this very moment? Every little thing. You want to know something? The Word of God says every jot and tittle, everything will be brought to your attention when you stand before him. He, he knows everything. Every thought you had in your mind, every feeling you've had in your heart, he knows about. And he doesn't hold it against you. Because he's got this big whiteboard up there, if you will. And all those sins that you had, that were erased when you asked Jesus to forgive you was thrown into the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. As I've said in the past, there are people who will remind you of what you did wrong. 
They can't wait to bring it back to your remembrance. But you know what? They can bring it to your remembrance, but they're not bringing it to his. Why is that? Because he's already forgave you. And see, when he erased that and threw it into the sea of forgetfulness, when you get to heaven, there's not going to be your worst enemy behind you. You say, oh, Jesus, do you remember back in 1941 when this person said this? Or in 1963, remember when they did that? Remember in 1987, they did this horrible thing? But they all asked for forgiveness. Jesus could look at them and say, what are you talking about? What are you? I don't know anything, I don't know any such thing. Because you've been forgiven. Never to be remembered again. You know, when I forgive someone, and I have many times, I've had to, because the Bible says if I don't forgive them, he's not going to forgive me. So hey, listen, I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> I'm not losing out. If you want to lose out, that's up between you and God. I'm, I'm good. You see, fellowship and joy and forgiveness, all ours. It's all ours in Christ Jesus. So to be a part of the family of God, we need to understand that we need to reflect on all of the goodness of God. Loving one another. If I was to say, stand up this morning, I want you to go around and give everybody in this room a hug and tell them you love them. Some of you would say, you know, Pastor, this is the age of COVID. We don't want to do that. You know what you're asking of us. You know, there's a couple of people, I don't know that I really want to hug them. You know, I'm just, I'm not the huggy type. <laughs> Guess what? I'm not the huggy type. That surprise you? Your pastor is not the huggy type. But you know what? It's in the love of God that I give people a hug and let them know that Jesus loves them. I'm not saying you got to go up and squeeze them with a bear hug. Yes, I do a lot of fist bumping. Sometimes a few elbow jabs. Once in a while, a hug. My wife's family, their uncles. It's a stretch for me. They like to do the kiss on the cheek. God bless them. It's tough for me. Just kidding. I remember. My wife's going to be watching this later. But I remember at our wedding when the uncles would come up. Smoke cheeks. <laughs> I could not wait 